Welcome to the Weird Works Podcast. I'm Dr. Christy, your host. Join us for conversations about alternative and sometimes controversial healthcare topics. This podcast will provide the evidence that you need in order to make informed decisions about your health, to empower you with the facts that you need to advocate for your health, and to encourage you that there is hope your body heals. Join us from experts from all things weird, as well as the testimonies of people with stories of radical healing who were once told that perhaps their condition was a death sentence, that they would just need to live with it, or that drugs and invasive surgery were the only answer. Let's get into agreement that if there is something natural and non-invasive that could be helpful, that it could be your first option rather than your last resort. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Christy, and I have a special guest here today for this episode of the Weird Works podcast on endometriosis awareness. And so today I'm interviewing Angelica Nilon, and she's from North Carolina, and she's a white and a girl mom and so she had started suffering from painful periods since she was the age of 15 which is pretty common with endometriosis it usually starts pretty early on um, and then she was diagnosed formally with endometriosis and fibroids over 10 years ago so you can see like it took a little bit of time and then most recently also diagnosed with adenomyosis um, she's the owner of Anke Beauty, which is a non-toxic cosmetic brand, which is geared towards women with inflammatory conditions. And she just found us like throughout her own healing journey that she'd encountered other women who suffered from not only endometriosis, but also autoimmune conditions, sensitive skin. And then as she continued to research her condition, um, she wanted to clean up her own beauty routine and found it incredibly hard to find non-toxic beauty products that were made for melanin skin. And she loves lipstick and she was devastated by that fact. I know we often find like women's <laughs> personal care products and cosmetics don't test well for them. And then they're like, but you have to give them a solution, right? Yes. So we'll talk about Anke Beauty in a minute. Um, but that was important to her to help women of color enjoy beauty products without harmful ingredients, toxins, and having potential flare-ups of their condition. So let's talk about like, why did we invite you on the show? Like, how is it a fit for our Weird Works audience? And I just really felt like your mission very well resonates with ours. And so you had spoken about like your mission is to advocate and help women with chronic pelvic pain to be heard and to have them be taken seriously by the medical profession so that they can get a quicker treatment plan. Um, you know, we were always trying to be proactive and as preventative as possible. And we'll chat about how this condition isn't easily diagnosed. It often goes misdiagnosed or undiagnosed for long periods of time, while women really suffer physically and emotionally from not getting answers or being able to create an action plan going forward. Um, and then we're also going to discuss harmful chemicals that unknowingly often we introduce into our bodies that actually act as endocrine or hormone disruptors. And we've talked about some of this like in our health program. So I'm so glad that you found out. <laughs> sometimes when you find out it creates anger, but it, with that creates action, which is good. Yes. But also for our members, in case you guys don't know my bio, endometriosis, like my own personal journey with it is what ultimately led me on this path to become a wellness doctor. I was actually going to become a medical doctor. And unfortunately, their inability to diagnose, treat, prescribe, and figure out what to do with me 
um, really failed me personally and made me second guess whether I wanted a career in traditional medicine and I actually quit you know my pre-medical studies and went to chiropractic school instead and now have this practice where we do detox and natural health remedies and a huge nutrition focus so um that's part of my story as well and I'm going to talk about that in a separate podcast um and we have a special event coming up that we want to kind of highlight women's journeys through endometriosis and bring awareness to it and leading up to March, which is Endometriosis Awareness Month. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. So I thought maybe we could just start off with your journey. You know, you mentioned that you were 15 years old. Like what was going on back then? So I actually started menstruating when I was 11 years old. Um, And then around 14, around ninth grade, I started to have, you know, my first period that was really painful. I just thought was a fluke, you know, and then it just became a thing every month. Um, And it got to the point where I was missing school, you know, a couple of days a month. And in high school, you can't really do that, you know, it becomes an issue. Um, So my mother, she doesn't suffer from anything like that. My grandmother didn't either. So they were like, what do we do? So um, they took me to the doctor and I was actually put on birth control pills. Um, just so I could try to make it through, but it, it never really got rid of the pain. It just kind of was a band-aid at the time. It was enough for me to get through the month. Um, but yeah, I was on those pills for several years, um, up until the birth of my daughter. Um, but that, that was a rough period just because you're, you're 15 and you're having crazy pain and headaches. And, um, I had really, really heavy bleeding. So trying to combat that and kind of be a normal teenager was rough. Yeah, I mean, just like starting your menstrual years as a teen, that's you know, <laughs> traumatic enough, just learning mm-hmm. how to be a woman and that kind of thing and coming into all those hormonal changes. But then when it's not a normal or healthy experience, of course, just adds to the stress of it. So you were able to have a daughter. Did you have any infertility issues or trouble getting pregnant? I didn't with her. Um, that was that was pretty easy. Um, but after her, you know, I've not been able to have any more children. Um, I actually had some testing done and um, it was after one of my surgical procedures, which I know we'll get to later, but I was having trouble with them trying to to do that procedure because I had so much scar tissue going on. And mm-hmm. so I just, you know, was like, you know what? I, I kind of just gave up on it, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Okay. Now, Maybe we should define what endometriosis is. Do you want to take a stab at explaining it? Because most people are like, endo what? Which is actually the name of the movie and uh, the Instagram that we're going to share. Right, right. So with endometriosis, a lot of people think it's just a reproductive disease, but it actually affects your entire body. Um, it can affect your, of course, your reproductive system, your digestive system. Um, some people even have issues with their diaphragm. It's been on the lungs. It's even been found in the brain on some folks. But basically, it's very inflammatory, causes lots of pain. Um, it can, you can even have pain outside of your period. Um, but it's basically where that tissue kind of floats outside of where it's supposed to go and yeah. floats into other parts of the body. And every month when you menstruate, that blood has to go somewhere, um, but it, you know, obviously creates lots of pain. Um, so it's, it's something that I wish people understood that it's not just in one area. It's, it's a whole body experience. Exactly. And we're going to chat about that. I think what often kind of women get pigeonholed, like, okay, this is a women's health issue. So you go to the OBGYN because that's like the woman doctor. And mm-hmm. then 
what we know is like the more specialized doctors tend to be the more narrow they look at right so they're not necessarily looking at the full body you know so if you go to a women's health expert and they don't find anything wrong with your uterus or ovaries at first glance and then you're like but it also hurts up higher and they're like oh well that's a like that's a gastroenterologist you need to go to somebody uh -huh. else for them and then if you're like well and it also kind of hurts around my back like maybe that's like an osteopath it's like you know you did you kind of get sent all over did you see multiple what? doctors before you figured out what it was oh my goodness yes so i was even i'll explain one experience i had prior to my very first surgery which was finding out that i actually had endometriosis um, I was out of work for two weeks. It had just gotten so bad and I woke up one day and I was just miserable. So I went to one specialist and she's like, oh, well, you know, some people have painful periods. It happens. And it kind of just was like, let me just give you ibuprofen and go along. And I was like, this is not this is not it. So I go to a second physician. He's, you know, a specialist. They sent me to like a um, a reproductive endocrinologist and he was like well your periods can't hurt that bad it's got to be something else and sent me away so it took me about four physicians before I got to someone who who would listen um and they were like you know I don't know what's going on I know you have fibroids but I feel like it's something else but we have to you know let's let's go in for a fibroid surgery and that's what initially I was going in for and then when they they did the robotic surgery they were like oh my god so my surgery was supposed to be like an hour and a half and ended up being like four and a half. Wow. So, yeah, well, and just I'll explain the doctor parts to our audience, <laughs> if you don't mind. Endometriosis doesn't show up on traditional imaging. That's the difficulty. Mm -hmm. Like there's no blood test or lab test to say that you have it. It doesn't show up on just a normal like pelvic ultrasound because it's scar tissue and like scar tissue is really hard to see. And so mm -hmm. usually it's only really fully diagnosed by exploratory surgery. Like at least for you, you knew you had fibroids and so they were going in to investigate that. But for me and like a lot of women, the only reason I had surgery was to get a definitive diagnosis because otherwise they just had no idea what was going on. So they literally called it exploratory surgery, which is super scary for a teenager. Yes. Like, we don't know what's wrong with you. So let's just open you up and look around in there. It's like, yes. Uh, uh, okay, right. <laughs> but we were young, like we didn't know now what we've come to know through our journey of all this. So you just say yes, you know? Mm-hmm. Are you tired of going from diet to diet to come up short and feel worse than you did when you started? Or are you just lost with all the mixed messaging out there today and not sure what's best for you and your lifestyle? Maybe you were told that you had to live with your symptoms and accept feeling less than your typical vibrant self. Well, I'm here to tell you the truth. As a practicing doctor of chiropractic, kinesiology, and clinical nutrition, I see people all the time that are just like you frustrated and starting to lose hope. But I do want you to know that you do not have to give up on the you that you know you could be. There is a way to truly achieve optimal health and also to live your life. I want to share with you how by doing some small doable adjustments and taking on a new approach to enjoyable and non-restrictive eating, we can help you start feeling better and begin to see changes in your waistline and start releasing weight in as little as 14 days. So um, 
then how long, well, so tell me again, what was the period to get an accurate diagnosis? So you started kind of 11 menstrual, 15 painful, and then what age? Yeah, I didn't have that surgery until I was about 26 years old. Wow. So yeah, that was a long span. And I, I didn't even know I had fibroids. I just, this doctor was like, well, I see, I see one on this, this ultrasound. Let's go in there and look around and see if we can get this thing out of here. And I was like, a fibroid, what's that? You know? And it just, yeah. it kind of just snowballed. Um, and it's so, weird, right? Like you don't want to hear that you have something wrong with you, but after a certain amount of not getting answers, you kind of like, well, it's kind of helpful to know what's that there's something like now we can maybe like from there, like create an action plan, you know? Yeah. There were lots of ER visits prior to that surgery just for pain. And I'm like, I'm in a lot of pain. Um, that's something I experienced a lot of times. They thought that I was coming to get, you know, drugs and I was like, no, I promise I'm not a drug seeker. I'm in a lot of pain. Yeah. Then it comes with like the accusations and like for a lot of women, if they can't find it on a nice, neat little like blood test or lab test, they're very mm-hmm. often told next that it's all in their head. And so that's where I kind of drew the line because they were ready to start prescribing like antidepressant drugs. And I was like, okay, if anybody knows me, like I've never been accused of being depressed in my life. You know, like I was an ambitious student, go-getter type A, like mm-hmm. had all these plans of becoming a doctor. And I'm like, okay, you guys really are like, you know, throwing darts at a dartboard at that point. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. So then once you, so you get a diagnosis, now you learn about this word endometriosis and maybe like you just described, now we know what it is, but what advice were you given on how to manage this condition called endometriosis? Funny thing, nothing, nothing at all. So the first time I heard it after my diagnosis, I was like, okay, I have this thing and okay, you got, you went in and he's like, well, while I was in there, I just went ahead and did everything, you know, while we were there. And I said, okay. So in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm cured. Gone. You know, yeah. This is it. yeah. So, and no one said anything else to me. I move on, you know, a year or two later, um, I wake up in horrible, horrible pain again, but in a different area. Um, it's in my digestive tract and my husband, you know, we're thinking it's my appendix. We're freaking out. We go to the ER. They don't see anything on ultrasound. So then of course they're like, we're just going to go in and look. And they did a CT. We see something. Well, it had come back of course. Um, and the scar tissue had gotten into my intestines and it had flipped it over. So I was having a volvulus at that point. So that's when I knew like, this isn't something that goes away really easily. And, you know, I started to, to research a little bit more, but I was giving no information. Um, so I literally thought, you know, I was good to go after that first one. So. That's pretty typical. My dog's coming on screen. Peter's always <laughs> in the podcast somewhere. He's been on everyone. He comes to the office with us. So our audience is used to Peter. Um, well, and that's kind of typical, like women have treatment and then it comes back every two years. Like I was having laparoscopic surgeries every two years while trying to go to, you know, undergrad and college and everything else. And then after your surgeries, did they do anything like hormone blockers or Lupron therapy? No, they didn't give me anything. You know, he was just like, well, you know, you should feel a lot better. And I'm like, okay. So then after I had the intestinal surgery to kind of get rid of the scar tissue again and kind of put things back. And I cost, I lost a small part of my small intestines due to that. But luckily I was able to kind of, you know, my body was able to figure out what to do without that. Um, 
they still didn't give me any type of guidance. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to start figuring this out for myself. And they probably really weren't able to tell you what caused it in the first place, right? Mm -mm. They were just yeah. like, this is weird. And you're young. And we see this in older folks, but we did. And then that's when they called gynecology down. And they're like, what is this? You know, so I still felt like I just wasn't given enough information, you know, to, yeah. to kind of go forward with this. And it, at that time, I was still fairly young. So I really trusted them to guide me um, yeah. in a lot of things, which most people do. But yeah. I realized like some of this I have to figure out for myself. Yeah. Well, and that's why this event, you know, Shed a Light on Endo is coming to Jacksonville and making a nationwide tour because unfortunately, however many years ago that was for you, for me, it was like 20 years, 20 to 25 years ago. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. medicine hasn't really caught up. Like they don't really know mm -hmm. a whole lot more now about this condition, the causes, how to prevent it, how to guide women even after surgical intervention. So it's just kind of a roller coaster, you know, like surgery you know, mm -hmm. ups and downs, feel better temporarily, but it comes back because of course, if you never got to the root cause, it is going to come back like any other disease, you know, if you don't address the lifestyle, dietary, you know, environmental issues, like you learned about endocrine mm -hmm. disruptors along your journey to self-advocate, then you can't prevent it from coming back or just showing up somewhere else in the body. That's just yeah. kind of how it is. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. So then, um, tell me kind of like then what did you do about finding answers like what resources along your journey did you find helpful like did you start reaching out to holistic professionals tell me about that journey so i started to kind of change my diet initially um so i you know i was like big on a lot of red meat at the time and mm -hmm. you know i just ate what i wanted i was young you know <laughs> i was like yeah oh, you, most of the time you're not really that <laughs> tuned in right no so then I was like, let me try this. So um, I initially cut out a lot of things out of my diet and I went plant-based for consistently for about a year and a half and I started to feel better. Um, and then I just kind of decided I was going to kind of let fish creep in here and there. I do have fish periodically, but, you know, I really was a stickler about that. I found that dairy really cutting the dairy made a huge difference. Um, during the pandemic, I'll be honest, I'm human. It was hard um, to kind of stick to that because a lot of the things that I was used to getting, like they were out at the grocery store, we were having lots yeah. of supply chain issues. And so I was like, what am I going to do? And yeah. then I started, you know, letting things creep in. And sure enough, that pain started coming back really, really hard. So then yeah. I knew like, I can't do these things. Um, and so a lot of doctors were giving me medications, a lot of pain medications just to get through my day at my job. And I just, I didn't like how they made me feel. Yeah. And I was at my wit's end because honestly that pain medicine was not helping. It was just taking the edge off, but I just felt like, you know, I'm not getting anywhere. So I decided I was going to Google acupuncture mm -hmm. and I've heard that it works great. So um, I actually met with my doctor, um, the acupuncturist in Durham, North Carolina. He's great. And I had my first session and I was blown away when I left. Um, headaches were gone. I was having, you know, headaches from hormone issues and I, no more headaches. My pain was significantly better. Um, he actually had me on like a custom herbal regimen. Um, so I was doing that twice a day and I, he actually had me started and then I menstruated two weeks later and I couldn't believe it. Like 
the pain was so much better. And I was just like, are you serious? I should have been doing this all along. Yeah, it's always frustrating when you're like, why didn't anybody tell me this? I could have been starting to feel better. Yeah, so acupuncture, I love it. It really, really helps with my pain management. That's awesome. Well, and like the foods that you mentioned, like red meat, dairy, those are animal products. And so Mm -hmm. animal products, dairy is inflammatory anyway. Red meat is also but it has to do with the quality of it. And so if it's not sourced, it's not grass-fed, it's not organic, anything that's animal-based, you have to really be careful about um, growth hormones and other Mm -hmm. hormone uses that are just widespread. I don't know why they're allowed to be used in our country, because if you get meat and dairy and butter outside of our country, they aren't allowed to use growth hormones. So that's an Americanized thing. So yeah, that's where (laughs) that starts to mess up your hormone balance as well. And then where did you start finding out about chemicals and the products along your journey? Oh my goodness. So I just started reading books, any books I could get my hands on, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I actually worked in a clinic with um, an optometrist and she kind of had a holistic approach to a lot of things. And so cool. she was giving me books and things like that. So I was like, oh my goodness. When I first read the first book, I was ready to throw my whole house in the trash. Okay. Right. <laughs> it can be overwhelming. Yes, I was like, everything is toxic. Oh my goodness. And my I know. You can't throw the whole house away, honey, at one time. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I just started to to read up on, you know, parabens. I didn't realize they existed and how much they are in everything that we put on our bodies, you know, lotions, soaps, makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, I was blown away by the makeup thing. I was like, oh my goodness. And I have been putting makeup on my face for years. Right. So I really started to make some changes. Yeah. So little by little, I started to change things. You know, after I ran out of something, I would toss it and then get a clean replacement for that. So that was how we stated. Americans spend $33 billion every single year on diets and weight loss products. And yet diets have a 95% failure rate. These statistics and my 18 plus years experience as a practicing doctor show me the real dangers of a cookie cutter approach to health and that truthfully, diets don't work. This is why I created the 9010 Lifestyle. For the people like you and me, busy and not willing to settle for less when it comes to our health and wellness. This program isn't just about feeling fantastic and or losing weight for good, it's a roadmap to upgrading your body and mind from the inside out while simultaneously suppressing the inflammation and suppressing the guilt that often comes with a high stress, high expectations, and high performance. The number one reason the 9010 lifestyle is so effective and easy to maintain is that it gives you back your willpower instead of forcing it. Yeah, that makes better sense. I even had that to ask you, like, did you do it all at once? Because that can be expensive too. And so, you know, that's what we kind of guide women, like little by little, just replace one thing at a time. And just for people listening, if that sounds overwhelming, we're just talk about like cumulative changes. Everything you do mm-hmm. is cumulative. So over time, if you're making these changes, the things that you do eat, you know, people you expose yourselves to thoughts, they can all be cumulatively good for you or cumulatively bad for you, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, 
try to revamp things little by little. Like we're kind of talking to you today since this is an inflammatory chronic condition. That means that you didn't get endometriosis overnight, you know? And so mm -hmm. you don't have to feel like you have to reboot everything overnight either. Yes. Um, and so tell us about your company on K Beauty. So, you know, what are you deciding to do differently knowing what you know now? So when I first found out, you know, I actually was a, I was a makeup artist as well. Um, I had a nine to five and then I was a makeup artist. And so I have all this makeup that I'm putting on my clients and I was just like, wow, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I started looking for clean alternatives. Mm -hmm. And when I would go into to cosmetic places, I could not find things that were for my skin tone um, or things that work well with my skin tone that were clean. And so I was very frustrated by it. Um, there are some products now, but there are still some things that I just feel like, you know, don't work for my skin tone. So I was like, I need to find something. And I was like, well, how about I just create it myself? So um, I decided to do my research and figure out, you know, what I wanted my product to be. But I was very, very intentional about the lab that I used. You know, I, it, a lot of things were non-negotiable. There were several labs that I was like, I'm not willing to compromise the formulas. You know, mm -hmm. we can't have any of this. So I actually was able to find a lab. They're great. Um, and we were able to create some lipsticks and liquid lipsticks. And we have eyelashes now. They're plant-based. So we were able to, to come up with some great products and they work for, for women of color. So I was like, now I have something of my own to wear and I wanted to share it with everybody else. So, and if you guys are only listening on the audible podcast, this is on YouTube as well. So you have to go on YouTube <laughs> so you can see her beautiful skin and her makeup looks completely professionally done and she's just glowing and it looks very natural too, you know? Yes. So we know um, natural skincare has come a long way, you know, mm -hmm. like ingredients and knowing formulations and stuff. The old, back in the day, the very first products that were clean, you were always compromising something, you know, like it was yes. cakey or like it didn't last or it would run off your face <laughs> halfway <laughs> through the day, you know, but now like people have really figured out how to formulate it where you just really don't know if it's a high quality, you know, department store brand mm -hmm. or something, you know, more natural, which is great. Um, and did you find out about like cosmetic labeling laws, like how outdated they were? Because that's oh why some of these chemicals are allowed to be in there in the first place. They are. And that was something that I was just like, oh my goodness, like they essentially let them poison us and it's okay to them. Like I, I couldn't understand that concept. So yeah. I know that some companies, um, you know, they can't sell their products overseas because it doesn't pass. And so with our yeah. products, we're able to sell them, you know, outside of the U.S. if you wanted to, you know, get them um, and they're safe. So that was that was big for me. It's like I wanted it to be safe no matter where you are. I think just finding that out that like European countries have a completely different standard for what's yes. allowed to be in their beauty care and food products compared to America, like right there has to get you scratching your head, like, wait a minute, like, why don't we have as high a standard or why isn't our trusted FDA looking out for our best interests, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and I don't know too, like, I just know when I did a lot of the same research, anti-aging, you have to be really careful with anti-aging over-the-counter products. Uh -huh. Pretty much if it says anti-aging, there's probably some amount of hormone in there. And mm -hmm. what we're discussing about how these um, labeling laws, like what they're 
required or mandated to put on a label, they don't have to disclose to you that there's a certain amount of hormone. Like basically if they keep it below a certain percentage, they do not have to tell you. And so that's where another source of unknowingly using things mm-hmm. that are going to alter your, your chemistry. And it doesn't take a lot, you know, like, yeah. obviously we know there's topical um, transdermal patches for hormone replacement therapy and cream. So we know the skin is a good route of transmission to absorb those things. And so on a daily basis, we were talking about consistently, if you're mm-hmm. slathering on the anti-aging, you know, over the counter moisturizers, and then you're you know, beauty care products and cosmetics on top of it all have a small amount and a small amount and a small amount of hormone in it. That over time could be a therapeutic dose to your body, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why we're very, very clear at OnK. I was like, I want to be very transparent about our ingredients. We're not going to hide what's in them. You know, if people have questions, we can talk about it, but I wanted to be very transparent, you know, about our ingredients. Um, and to show that, you know, we're, we're not giving you harmful things to put on your face, especially your lips. Um, you know, women, we, we apply lipstick several times a day and people don't realize that, that when you're eating and the lipstick's coming off and your food's going in your body. So yeah, yeah where did it go? <laughs> you ate it. There's a statistic that says women absorb five pounds of cosmetics in a year, five pounds. Well, you know, like think of five pounds of lipstick. Like you probably have a better idea of what five pounds of lipstick weighs because you ship it and you receive product. That's a lot of lipstick. It is. is. (laughs) So did you learn any, do you, do you uh, like have any resources where women can go to find out about the, um, safety of their beauty care products yes so there's a website called ewg that a lot of people can go to i use it myself when i go shopping (laughs) and i'm like nope doesn't pass nope doesn't pass you know um but they are a great resource that people can use um like i said i use it myself when i'm shopping for products i instructed you know my friends to use it when they're looking for things um beauty products um anything that goes on the skin even lotions anything so they're great great resource I know I always tell patients, I'm like, so if you have some time to spare and you want to spend like three hours in your like local, you know, CVS or that kind of a store, like go in there with, they have an app too called Healthy Living by EWG. And, um, you know, you could just barcode scan all your stuff and read about it, but it is really great because it grades it too. Like it'll say, you know, green light, yellow light, red light kind of a thing and give it a score out of 10. I think 10 mm-hmm. is the worst, but it breaks it down, like why it got a bad score, whether it's a car carcinogen it's an endocrine disruptor it's inflammatory like neurotoxin there's a couple different categories then you can start to learn because not everybody has a biochemistry degree and even I get overwhelmed like you read labels and like you know we kind of just tell women like if you can't pronounce it it's probably not natural like if it's not a recognizable (laughs) ingredient it's probably created in in a chemistry lab you should probably not avoid it you know or you should probably avoid it and then acupuncturist once said it this way to me, she said, if you wouldn't consume it, if, you know, if it's something that's not safe for you to ingest, it shouldn't go on your skin either. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, that was kind of a mind popping, you know, yes. yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was good, but yeah, that's a great resource. We like it as well. Um, so how can listeners follow up with you? I'm going to put all the links to her products. I'll put the EWG link. 
if you want to go and nerd out and look up your ingredients and everything, <laughs> where can they follow up with you if they want to connect and learn more about this? In your so we we are on Instagram um, as on K Beauty on Instagram. We're also on Facebook. Um, our name's a little different on Facebook, but it's on K Beauty LLC. You can find us there as well. Um, and then I also will be on the shed uh, light on Indo. <laughs> um, I'll be on the panel, so you guys will hear from me again. But um, and then also you can shop products at on K Beauty. Okay, great. And like I said, I'll put all those links, but she's absolutely right. We're both going to be panelists on this event. So let me give you guys a little verbal info and then the links to register. You can watch the um, little trailer for the movie that we're going to be playing at the event as well. Um, but like I said, March is Endometriosis Awareness Month. And so shed a light on endo. It's actually going to be a virtual event and it's between February 28th and March 1st. When you go to the register link, you can see the whole schedule of events and itinerary, but it is about raising endometriosis awareness. And they're welcoming the general public, and that includes educators, students, parents, advocates, healthcare professionals and everyone really like you don't have to be a woman men need to know how to understand what's going on with their partners and advocate for them as well. Um, the endo event will have um, providers and exhibitors. Um, there'll be a proclamation presentation and a showcase of businesses really connecting women around the world um, to bring awareness. And then the film screening of Below the Belt and then tons of educational tools like we will be on the panel to have a discussion and amongst other advocates, doctors, patients. And the um, Film director and producer is Shannon Cole, and executive producers include um, Hillary Clinton and Corinne Fox. So just kind of cool to know some big names are behind this movement as well. You can follow on Instagram. It's called at endo what e n d o w h a t. And really, the film is changing how this silent disease is treated, offering women encouragement and the confidence to advocate for themselves and bring needed changes in our healthcare system and employment systems. The community impact of the school nurse initiative is headed in the right direction for health justice. And I, and I said you can find out more about the movement as well as the links in the bio. Um, but Jacksonville is going to be one of the final screening events before this film gets released on PBS on the television network. So we really just hope you can join us and help interact in any way, shape or form. Um, and of course, your um, registration money ours donations to raise awareness as well. So that was super informative. I just I thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story and being willing to come on the Weird Works podcast. I think that it's going to reach other people. Like we always hopeful that your testimony will help others hopefully get a sooner resolution and understand and start to find some resources. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. I'll see you on the panel. Awesome. Your health and how you feel on a daily basis directly impact your mental, emotional, and spiritual health. We will help you reprogram your way of thinking and be on a plan that works for your body instead of against it. It is time to rewrite the false belief that health abnormalities are normal and that it just is what it is. You do not have to live with feeling less than 100%. We invite you to take a serious look at how you feel on a day-to-day -day basis. Is what you're doing working? Do you want to learn how to live a more holistic life that's still enjoyable and fun? The 9010 lifestyle can be the bridge 
from subpar results to the vibrant and abundant lifestyle that you've been looking for. So click the link by this video so you can get started today. We truly, truly know that this program can change your life. We'll see you on the inside.